It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Ah, oh, welcome back, everybody. Can, can we be shallow for a second about the lockdowns? Remember in 2020 when all hair salons were shuttered due to the COVID pandemic? You remember that? I mean, right after toilet paper, there was a run on scissors because we all had to resort to cutting our own hair. And I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure my husband's still pissed at me for somehow giving him Caesar bangs by accident. But let's flip the lens away from our personal issues to what it meant for the world's largest salon brand. Great clips at the time, so we're talking pre-March 2020, had 4,500 salons across 190 markets in North America, employing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stylists. But on top of that, overall, 30,000 people depending on the brand, whether they were franchisees or stylists or people who cleaned up the place, right? Okay, try closing those 4,500 salons and telling everyone lights out all on the same day. All that revenue, all those jobs, all those franchisees whose great clip salons were in some cases their only source of income. I mean, you, you would be sick to your stomach. I know I'd be curled up in a ball, right? How do you lead literally more than 30,000 people who depend on you through that storm? That fell on Steve Hockett's shoulders. He bought his own Great Clips franchise way back in 1988. He lost it because it's hard to run a business. You guys know. I mean, you've heard me talk about this. Small businesses are really hard. But then he fought to learn the entire franchise world. And years later, was named Great Clips CEO. Let's hear what it took to become the top banana and how he saved the brand during the crisis. Steve, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you so much for coming on. Liz, it's great to be here with you today. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, ready to talk more about the story that you 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 outlined there. It was, it's been pretty amazing the last couple of years. Yeah, well, that's one word for it. I mean, can you believe it's been two years and eight months since the lockdown, Steve? Uh, no, uh, it, very difficult. And uh, to, to think where Great Clips is today, where I am today, and I think back two years, eight months, and you just go, I'm not sure how I got here, but we're, we're okay. Uh, but it was tough. A lot going on. Well, so I want our listeners to figure out from you and hear from you what it took to get here after all of that and more, quite frankly. I mean, your climb itself is pretty fascinating. Uh, what made you want to acquire a Great Clips franchise back in 88? Uh, what Were you into this? I know you're from a tiny town in the Dakotas, in South Dakota. Uh, how does a guy like that say, oh, I want to own a Great Clips? It's a really interesting story. I... Uh... As you mentioned, I grew up in small town, South Dakota, and my wife uh, actually grew up next door to me. And so that's a separate story. <laughs> the girl um, next door. <laughs> uh, when we were 10, she moved in next door to me. We started dating at 17, and we've never been apart. Um, that was, uh, I've known her 51 years. Wow. Um, so coming out of college in South Dakota, uh, my wife and I, um, and I, I went to business school at Notre Dame, and she 
is a speech pathologist. When we finished up school, we decided we're going to move to back to the upper Midwest and we settled into Minneapolis. And I started working at First Bank System, which is now U.S. Bank. Right. So a very, very large regional bank. And uh, I didn't like it. After about the first day, I thought, mm, this is not for me. But I had, uh, you know, married, mortgage, a couple kids. And uh, so I got to stay there. I thought I'm going to get find a business to do on the side. And uh, growing up out in South Dakota, I knew the very first franchisees of Great Clips um, that opened a salon in 1983, their first one, about the fifth overall. And so I just called them up and um, Roger Letterer, Roger and Mary Lou Letterer, their names. And I started talking to them saying, I need to do something on the side. And that a year later, I ended up uh, acquiring a salon. It was Great Clips Salon number 150. And as you mentioned, right at the start of COVID, we had 4,500. So I got in six years after Great Clips was founded and had the 150th salon. My wife, Deb, and I did. And, uh, you know, so I'm working at the bank full time. And and at night and weekends, I'm, I'm working on Great Clips. And I absolutely loved it. And uh, two and a half years later, I failed. I closed it down. I lost everything I put into it. I was 27 years old when I started. I was over leveraged, undercapitalized, and uh, I, I lost it all. And uh, I learned that you can put your dream, Liz, you can rent a 24-foot U-Haul. You can put your dream into it four hours one night and still have two feet to spare and drive away. Um, and it was probably the worst night of my life. Oh, I would imagine. I would imagine. But, uh, you know, I want to rewind something that you just said at the start of this part of the story. And that was you thought you'd do it on the side. I mean, small businesses, so many of them fail. It you got to give 10,000 percent, let alone 1,000 percent. And uh, what do you think were your biggest errors? I don't want to say mistakes. I don't want error. Yeah. Um, a, maybe I was too young. B, I was certainly undercapitalized um, and, and over leveraged, which I, I learned a lot that way. And I was working at a bank where, you know, you had to watch that stuff. So uh, nights and weekends, I'm out kind of a swashbuckler. And during the day, I'm, you know, working with my cu- clients and customers going, we can't have too much leverage. And, and so oh it's a God. real interesting Jekyll and Hyde experience of Steve Hockett every day for two and a half years. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, the other thing I learned is if you meet good people and you believe in who they are, which was the folks that were, at, uh, you know, the the leaders of Great Clips Inc. Then, and then uh, I, I I loved the brand. I loved the system. I saw the potential. I failed. I crashed and burned. I lost everything financially that I'd put in and, and over time and more. But I saw the value of good people with great idea. And I decided I wanted to be a part of that. Instead of well, reverting back to banking. Yeah, because that was not me. Mm. Uh, I was there almost seven years and Total respect for U.S. Bank. It's a great company, very well run, and but it was not for Steve Hockett. But, you know, wife, two kids then, and I, I owed all this money. It was my job, but I needed to go, and I needed to be a great clips. And that's uh, – can I tell you a little story about that? Please. 
So when I uh, when I lost my salon and and the investment, I started moping around, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife Deb, who love her to death today, forever, she said, "Look, buddy, I didn't marry you to have you feel sorry for yourself. This was about two months after I closed it down." And she said, "You gotta you gotta get going. I mean." This, you can't just feel sorry for yourself. So she kind of kicked me in the butt. And so I called up the people at Great Clips, uh, Rod Olson, who's uh, now vice chair of the board, Ray Barton, who owns the company as chair of the board. Um, And every month for almost two years, I got on their calendar for lunch and I told them, I want to work at Great Clips. This is what I want to do. I said, uh, you can't have a lot of Steve Hockett's along the roadside on the way to building this. So let me help franchisees come in and be successful. I wasn't, and and uh, I'll roll up my sleeves and make it happen. And two years later, I think they got tired of me asking to work for them. <laughs> I think I wore them down, Liz, and uh, they offered me a job in, as a marketing manager. And uh, that started the next phase of my Great Clip story. It was the greatest day of my life when they called me. Oh. Gosh, well, persistence. Are you guys yeah. listening to what Steve just said? Two years, he's handling them. That's Yiddish for totally annoying them, just badgering them, badgering them. And and it it eventually works. And the famous ball player who said, you can't beat a man or a woman who just won't quit. Isn't that part of it, Steve? Yeah, I was committed. What, after Deb said, stop feeling sorry for yourself, figure this out. I knew I wanted to work at Great Clips. My friends, our friends at the time, thought we were nuts. They'd look at us and go, you just lost your your tail on Great Clips, and now you want to go work for it. And, um, you know, 30 years later, they go, wow, that's a pretty cool story um, that hadn't played out at the time. So I could see where they were coming from. That It's like, dude, I mean, are you nuts? Are you crazy? But it's what I wanted to do. And uh, uh, it's... It's been the best thing in my life to come back. But I did hound them, and I did uh, wear them out, and I'm kind of proud of that. And they laugh about it today. It's like, yeah, we had to get you to stop hounding us, so we thought we'd hire you. So you opened the door and said, come on in, and please stop. But as what job did you enter back to Great Clips headquarters? Uh, Marketing manager. So I was in the marketing. So any franchise system um, uh, generally has an ad fund that the franchisees pay into, and and then that money is a separate fund mm-hmm. set aside. And then uh, that's used to help build the brand and even to help local franchisees in their salons. So that's what I started. Marketing manager at Great Clips, it's consumer marketing. It's gotcha. how do we drive more haircuts into the salons and work with franchisees from grand opening all the way to um, using the ad fund um, uh, along the path. So it's consumer marketing to help build a salon. And you were there for a couple of years, right? And then you leave again. Why? I joined in uh, 93 and I left in 2002. In the meantime, Great Clips went on a huge growth spurt starting in uh, later of 93. And by mid-94, uh, Ray Barton wrote Olson, who owned Great Clips to the, today, they came up to me and said, Steve, we want you to move to Columbus, Ohio, and open up Great Clips in Ohio, Kentucky, and 
grow Indiana bigger. We had 10 salons in Indiana then. And it was really, how do we get great clips into areas we hadn't been? If we want to be the biggest and the best hair care brand, you got to work hard and do it salon by salon. So I, Deb and I took the risk again. We moved to Columbus, Ohio. We didn't know one person in Columbus, Ohio, which a lot of people do that. So that's not unique, but it still was part of the risk. We got this company that now has 400 salons mm. and and moved to Ohio and our kids and not know a soul and uh, start to grow a business out there. It was uh, probably that was probably the best job of my life. That's an important point to drill down on picking up and leaving all that you know, your hometown, your home area, your friends, your family. This is amazing. As you're explaining this, I left my family and my friends to go to a city where I knew no one, and that city was Columbus, Ohio. WSYX, Channel 6 News. They were the first to give me a chance at an on-air position. It was a really good market, but I knew no one. I was freezing. My mother says, darling, you cried for a year because I'm from California. But what a coincidence. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. It's a great place. Uh, great. I love it. We had an awesome four years there, as it turned out. But when you get started and, again, you wake up in the morning and you don't know a soul and you have to go out and – and I had the whole Great Clips home office behind me. But, again, we weren't that big, mm-hmm. so we, everybody was bootstrapping. And I, I – laugh and I call it with my family, even franchisees today, we chiseled the wheel every day. We didn't have a clue what we were doing when we got up. And by the end of the day, it was like, okay, we made progress. And uh, that's how we built it. And uh, it was, it was a, a very fun. And we did that for four years and grew Ohio on a per capita basis. We have more salons in Ohio today than any state. And so the work that we did back then is was huge and very successful. And in 1998, then I got a call to move back to Minneapolis, the Twin Cities area, and be vice president of operations um, based on the success that we had in Ohio. And then I started traveling all around the country, and I was gone a lot. And I had young teenage kids and... Uh, I just needed to get off the road for a couple of years. Mm. So I left Great Clips um, in 2002 and started in a whole different area. Well, it was different, but it was still a little bit of the franchise uh, area, right? Yeah, it was. uh, You know, franchising, the whole franchise industry, you have the franchisor, the brand, you have the franchisees who, who open up the units and operate them. Uh, and then you've got suppliers to franchising, which can be across the board on, on how to make that franchise or franchisee relationship work. And I moved over to a supplier called Franchise, Liz, that it was a, a business of helping people find the right franchise, as we call it. So find a franchise that fit mm. their interests, their skills, their abilities, um, and and that would join as franchisees of a franchise system. So, okay. yes, I was in the franchise space, um, but as a supplier. Well, it's almost like matchmaking in a way. And I bet we have listeners who have thought about buying a franchise and investing in a franchise. What is the number one question, knowing what you know and having failed at your first one, what is the one question people listening who want to do this should be asking themselves? 
before they make this investment? They shouldn't ask what's hot. And you used to get that all the time. Don't chase what's hot. You know, what's like the concept of the moment. You got to find one that fits who you are and what you're looking for. Like I liked retail and I liked great clips. I, you know, hourly wage, uh, you know, employees or staff or that that was great with me. Retail hours. Some people are saying, I don't want to do retail. I, I want to have a service business Ah, and I'm, ah. and I'm not doing retail. So you need to, you need to figure out what your interests are and who you are and what would, uh, what would click with you and the, what we did at franchise and all of the consultants uh, that, that worked with me there, that was part of our process. You can do that on your own, or you can go out and find a third party person to help you. And that's what we did at, at franchises, get people franchises that are aligned with their interests. The other quick thing to say is I've never been a believer that you go wherever your hobbies are, don't franchise that. Don't make your hobbies your business. So if you love golf, don't get into a golf type franchise. Go play golf on the weekends and get into another business. So d- don't chase your hobbies either. Well, um, that's the weird because you know, Warren Buffett says, you know, what are you most passionate about? And then do that and tap dance to work every day. If somebody loves golf, don't you think that they'd be the best person to sell that concept? Well, or if they love customer interaction and they love people mm. i i would say that that's more of what warren buffett is talking about a than driver mm. actually just just a hobby yeah so if you love people you love interaction um and and you love that transactional feel that's perfect you know that's more okay. of a retail concept if you you know don't want to be around so many people but you love to start something and finish it and see it through and help people smile, then maybe that's a service franchise. So there's a lot of different things along the the way. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Your time at Franchise was valuable because it gave you, I would imagine, a different perspective. And then you go back to Great Clips as a Veep, right? Tell me yeah, about yeah. 
the time element between Veep and CEO. Because again, listeners, this stuff takes time. It does, and you have to be willing. I came back to Great Clips at the exact same position that I left. So when I left in 02, I was VP of operations. When I came back in 08, I was VP of operations. It was the exact same job. Great Clips, though, when I came back, had 2,500 slots, 2,600 slots, and about 1,400 when I left. So I I came back to the same role. And a lot of people, even my friends, going, why'd you do that? Don't you want to step up? And I said, well, it is a step up. The system is almost 2x larger than when I left. It's much more complicated. And when Great Clips uh, had an opportunity and asked me to come back, and it, it was perfect for me. It was a great fit. But you have to sometimes accept, here's the same role. just happens to be a larger role. And, uh, and then we took off. It was 2008. Great Clips has done well. We, we do well when the economy is good, when the economy is flat, and the economy is suffering a bit. We actually can do very well. Um, because of our model. And so in 2008, in the financial crisis of 08 and 09, we started taking off. And we uh, opened salons, grew customer accounts, added franchisees, opened in new states, uh, added a province. We were open up in Ontario. We'd been in Western Canada. It was a time period from 08 to 2018 of massive growth, uh, a lot of fun, we're building, we're, we're going strong. And I had opportunities along the way that we just took advantage of. And it wasn't just me, it was everybody I was working with. And our, we have 750 franchisees now. It just worked, Liz. Uh, and, and it gave me the opportunity to be in the role I'm in today, CEO. Pretty cool story. Until <laughs> the lockdown. Tell me about yeah. that moment where you had to tell everybody close your doors. It was interesting. I was in New York City on uh, Wednesday, March 12th. Yeah, they closed down Broadway, right? I was there that day. I was uh, uh, on Bloomberg Radio, uh, the drive time of Bloomberg Radio. I was a guest that afternoon. I'm in New York City. And uh, I told the driver, uh, because I'd been on Cheddar earlier in the morning, and I said, I don't know where this is going and I got to get out of here tonight because it feels like the world's collapsing. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, Broadway just shut down. And then I said, uh, you know, here, here's a little extra cash. You stay right here. Don't move, leave this parking spot outside of Bloomberg. I'm going to run and do the radio show. And then you're taking me to the airport. And he did that. I said, I can't have you go anywhere else, but to take me home. <clears throat> and uh, it was fascinating how the world was just kind of collapsing around us. And by uh, that Saturday, we did a few things at Great Clips we'd never done before. I had to make some of the biggest, hardest first decisions. Um, we, as a retailer, we believe in operating hours and, and our franchise is successful because we have standards. And we told the franchisees that Saturday, you adjust your hours however you need to, to try and stay open. Ah. Um, we'd never done that before. Uh, and then by Tuesday, we um, started to waive some of the fees, which we had never done in 40 years in a good franchise system, won't waive fees. You treat everybody the same. But we started waiving fees and doing things to say, franchisees, hang on to your cash. We don't know how long 
you're going to be around. And then the mandated closures started coming in. And uh, on the 27th of March, uh, I had to do a reduction in force at Great Clips Inc. of of 165 of our 260 employees. Um, Worst day of my life. But by then, we had 17 salons open out of 4,500. There were two counties in Utah that didn't have a mandated closure and uh, an army base in Texas where the base commander said, we're staying open. Mm. Um, And so we went from 4,500 to 17 in 30 days. Um, And and it it was just a, a... a colossal shutdown of a very thriving franchise system. What got you through it? And and if it could be distilled to one thing, whether it's belief, it's fight through the clouds and the rain, what got you and the team through it? There, there are two, two ways I'll answer that, Liz. First one, I'm so grateful that we're a franchise system, 100% franchise system. And so I was in it with my team. But I also had hundreds and hundreds of franchisees, and it was their business that was being shut down. It was also our brand. And so we were in it together. And uh, I'd go to battle with my franchisees any day, side by side with them. Um, So that was one lesson learned is I'm very appreciative that we're a franchise system. The other is I learned you have to be nimble and agile. And the decisions you may have made prior to a meteor event like covid you can't make those same decisions after. And so here's one example. Um, the president of Great Clips, Rob Goggins, over the years, he's been saying, Steve, we need to do some videos, video communication. And I'm I'm a little older than Rob, and I'm going, I don't want to do videos, Rob. <laughs> COVID hit. COVID hit. He looks at me and goes, Steve, we should do a video. And I go, Rob, I'm all in. And we do... We were doing a video a week for the first six months. We now do a video a month for the franchisees. Of what? Videos of how to do certain haircuts? Just it's just telling stories, Liz. It's no, it's not that. It's it's about franchising. It's updating the franchisees. We communicate with franchisees, not with their employees. So it's rallying the franchisees to grow and build the system and communicate with them. And I'm a a lifelong believer now in video is one of the best storytelling media that's out there. And uh, and so that's a change I personally had to make. And I will never go back to not doing videos. Well, I, you, you broke a bunch of your previous rules, as you just outlined, where you said, extend the hours, uh, do this, do that, because that's how people survive. You look at the landscape, and as it changes, you have to bend or you will break, right? Totally. Totally. And and the mandated shutdown of our system taught me that uh, you have to communicate different. You have to move quick in your feet. Don't ever look back on a decision. Keep making good decisions. Be confident in them. But if a, a great decision yesterday could be the wrong decision today, make a new one and keep moving. You can't look back and say, oops, I messed up. It's, you make the best decision you can and you go forward, and the next day you make new decisions and go forward. Well, and you, that that guided us well. You have fought through the storm, and as I always like to say here, nobody gets to see a rainbow without fighting through some rain first. Steve, what an amazing story! My last question: Who cuts your hair? I've been going to Great Clips since 1987, <laughs> and I will never not. And I go to all different salons. I'm a really good 
Liz, when I go into salons, I don't cut hair. I'm not a, a cosmetologist or hairstylist, but I can sweep very well. So <laughs> any salon I'm ever in, I pick up a broom, I take pictures with the staff, and I will sweep hair and put a smile on their face. That is what I can do. Ah, uh, that is a true leader. And by the way, you guys, he has been one of the highest rated CEOs on Glassdoor where the employees vote. Okay, so it is a thrill to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. You're welcome, Liz. It's great to I don't tell it enough because I don't I don't need to talk about me. But as you ask questions, it's kind of fun to look back on the journey and realize what you've been through. And, and you know, I can do it. Others can do it. Others mm-hmm. will do it. And it's, it's fun to share. Extremely generous of you to do that. And this, by the way, Steve, is the place where all kinds of leaders have told those stories. We are now the largest audio library in the world of great success stories and how people fought through and dodged all kinds of stumbling blocks to make it to the top. And we hope it's inspirational for everybody. I thank you. And you guys, as always, is th- this one was really chock full of great ideas. I hope you wrote some of them down. Not while you're driving, of course, but, uh, you know, we have all kinds of success stories. <laughs> Check them out on Everyone Talks to Liz, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.